When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Boy, Greg, it's been a very busy morning for you. Tell me what's up at BSJ. Yeah, so uh, some interesting things going on on our Celtics beat. Uh, The first thing is that uh, Brian Robb is departing, which is... um, you know, tough to see. Uh, we think the world to be Rob and his wife Kate, and uh, we'll miss we'll miss them. Uh, he gave us great coverage, and he did so many things behind the scenes that helped me. Uh, I'll be indebted to him for you know a long time, and we wish him the best of luck. Um, you never want to see somebody fly the coop, but it's look, it's part of the business, Nick. <laughs> you know better than anybody. Um, <laughs> so. You know, uh, you know they had he had a good opportunity. He thought was a good opportunity, and uh, we wish him the best of luck. But uh, change can be good, and uh, for a lot of people, and we think it's going to be good for us at BSJ because we are bringing aboard uh, John Corrales, um, better known as Red Red's Army on Twitter, and he's a former college basketball player at Emerson, played professionally. His X's and O's, his knowledge of that is off the charts. I think it, it fits really well with what I do on Patriots. A little bit different than B-Rob. Um, you know, B-Rob had different strengths. John has different strengths. And uh, I think they're, they're, they will offset each other well, and it'll be something different and something people look forward to. And also, we're going to have A. Sherrod Blakely, uh, formerly of NBC Sports Boston, their Celtics insider. People saw him on the telecast and on all their shows and his written product. Uh, he is coming aboard as a regular NBA cr- uh, contributor, probably uh, at least weekly and hopefully more in the future. But we're really excited about those two guys coming aboard. It's sort of a taste of what's coming down the road at BSJ where we – uh, all of our coverage and all the sports that we cover is going to be expanding and people are going to get better bang for their buck, uh, which I think they already do, but this will be even better. And we're excited. So the Celtics are popular. They're probably, uh, you know, regularly our second most popular uh, beat, even though the Red Sox can get really hot and heavy when things are going on there, uh, like they are right now with the Ben and trade. Uh, but uh, we're excited. And, uh, We'll see. We'll see how everything goes for BSJ. Um, I think it's going to be really good. You know, BSJ have a little bit of an NFL offseason feel with all these moves, trying to keep track of who's coming in, who's going out. <laughs> so let's update the people on the football world and on the offseason timeline and the salary cap situation. Greg, I know I saw a story from Adam Schefter. I believe he said it was going to be about $180 million as the cap number. Let's just refresh everybody's minds as to what we're looking at over the next few weeks. Yeah, so the timeline's important. Uh, Everybody likes to talk about, they love to look at free agency lists and who's going to be unrestricted and who's this. You know, that's all well and good. A lot of time it's wasted energy because the franchise and transition tag period where uh, the teams can 
basically take one of their best players off the market if they agree to play them top 10, what have you, salary at the position. Uh, that period starts February 23rd. It runs through March 9th. So, for example, this is when the Patriots tagged Joe Tooney last year. And suddenly he went from the top guard on the market to the Patriots parked on him, but it cost them $15 million. Uh, so that's that's the first sort of really important uh, time period for the season. Uh, March 15th, it begins the three-day tampering period. Deals get locked up uh, very quickly. They can't be announced yet. And March 17th at 4 p.m., that's when everything can start. There's there's one other thing. I think it's February. It might have just passed. Yeah, I think it just passed where the waiver period starts. So any player that is waived, and this is going to be important now, Nick, in this offseason because of the cap situation. Settled right around the tag deadline, maybe February 23rd. It might be later. A lot of times it's into March, which can affect teams planning, but they want to know what the deal is. So do I want to tag this guy? What's the cap going to be? How, how is that going to affect us? Uh, but a lot of guys are going to get cut. We already saw this with uh, Bouye from the Broncos. The cornerback was, yep. or at least they said they were going to release him. Uh, any player with four years or, or less service time, they are subject to waivers. Anybody like Bouye, they are free agents as soon as they as as soon as they are released. So that is something to to keep an eye on, Nick, because we could very well see a situation where the pa- Patriots are locking up some players, some veteran guys who don't go to the tampering period. Uh, before we even get to free agency. Uh, this yeah. is going to be a very weird year for NFL free agency. I don't think people quite comprehend that yet. You know, it's, it's fascinating because if you look at betonline.ag, you look at some of the futures, you try to figure out which team is going to make moves and who's going to be cutting talent. And I think it's a very crucial time over the next few weeks to try to figure out what these teams are going to look like. And there's going to be a lot of teams, Greg, as you mentioned, they're looking at this March 17th official start of the new year and they've got to make some very difficult decisions, and a lot of guys are going to be cut that I think you would not expect to be cut. It's going to be a very interesting, I would say, few weeks here that we're watching. You know, usually you get a good read first day of free agency. You get the feel, and a lot of moves are made. I think there could be a lot of things that are done before free agency even begins Mm -hmm. that really makes you start to think about, okay, where's this team headed? What are they going to look like? Who is now available? And, and it all starts at the quarterback position. We know that. The the center of the NFL universe is that position. And interestingly enough, Greg, over the past few days, this has picked up steam. You know, I mentioned yep. this on my show down in Virginia uh, last offseason. Last offseason, I stuck a pin in this. Russell Wilson came out last offseason, and all of a sudden he had done something he never did before. He started to comment about what he thought the team should do. And mm-hmm. that, that stuck out to me, and I said – that's a that's a different approach from Wilson. He usually is very quiet about stuff like that, minds his own business, waits to see what the team does, and goes into the season and says, okay, I'm ready. Last offseason, that changed. Last offseason, he started talking about surrounding him and looking at other teams and talking about talent. And now you go through the season if you're Seattle. They obviously don't make the run that they wanted to make. 
And here's Russell Wilson again. Brian Schottenheimer is let go by Seattle. Immediately, you found out that Wilson was not happy about it. Then you found out that Wilson wanted to actually be part of the conversation about the next OC, who that was going to be, who now has Patriots ties, if you're wondering. And now you have Wilson going on Dan Patrick and throwing it out there and telling everybody, yeah, I think I should have a seat at the table. I know who's good at this game. And then he really doubles down with the media shortly after on a video conference call and says, I'm tired of getting hit. I'm frustrated. I'm sick of getting hit. What's going on with this Russell Wilson, Seattle Seahawks marriage in your eyes? Yeah, it's pretty interesting, Nick. And uh, I think there's a bunch of things at play. Number one, I think what we're seeing and give credit because I think Brady was kind of the first one, but I think this was percolate percolating under the surface a little bit where, you know, you get a lot of these guys, whether it's Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers yep. or Deshaun Watson, these guys are all huge NBA fans, huge. And they see what goes on in the NBA. And these guys have been watching LeBron and these guys use their power, assert their power, uh, because in the NFL, it's long been the players are powerless. Yep. The owners have all the power. And you sign your contract, you got to stick with it, this and that. Well, you know, what Brady did, his power move sort of changed things. Um, that's not to say that it wasn't going to happen. I think it was, because I think we're getting to a certain time in these players' contracts where uh, they realize what's going on. And then the agents aren't dumb either. They know what's going on. And so that's the first thing. I think players, the quarterbacks especially, realize their power and they're starting to. And that even if they're under contract, they still have leverage. Because guess what? I've made a bunch of money. I'm just going to sit out. What are you going to do? Yep. That sort of thing. So that's number one. Number two, as far as Wilson goes, uh, I think his saying things, I think that's kind of uh, window dressing to all this. I think really what it comes down to to Russell Wilson is he's 33. Uh, he's taken a lot of hits in his career. Uh, he's very similar to Matthew Safford, and I think they're the same age just about. Yes, and just turned 33 or is about to. Yeah, and so they're very – Similar, even though obviously Stafford, ha I mean, uh, Wilson has had a lot more team success than Stafford has. But uh, Wilson has is one of these guys who's played behind one of the worst offensive lines in football. It has gotten better. And I know there's a lot of chatter about like, well, is it him hanging on to the ball? Is it this and that? Um, one aside I wanted to, to to talk about with this, Nick, and, and I think you always enjoy when I sort of um, throw water on the analytics community. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll take the advantage to do that right here. You know, it's simple for people to say, to look at stats. And this goes also to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. People can throw out stats and they say, like, look at this player. When he's under pressure, he does this. In a clean pocket, he did this in the Super Bowl. Or what have you. What people miss, the, yes, you will find plays where Russell Wilson, certainly earlier in his career, uh, second half of last year, this went on also, where he gets out of structure of the offense. He'll get back to the three-step drop. Somebody will be open. He will not throw it. And people will say, well, look, that's Russell Wilson. This is on him. And a lot of times they may be right. But sometimes it's just an accumulation of pressure. Like, <laughs> you can't just view every without pressure or with pressure stat the same way. Because, well, tell me what happened on the five snaps before that. If Patrick Mahomes was running for his life on the five snaps before he didn't have any pressure, don't
don't you still think he's under pressure in his own mind? Like he's still yeah. being affected. So you can't right. just look at those stats as black and white. There is context to those. Sorry, stat nerds, but but there is. <laughs> but that was just a ten- tangent I wanted to go on. But yeah. so Wilson, the, the protection is an issue. But look, the bigger issue here is he already got his fat contract. He probably wants a renegotiation. He is he has three years left on his deal. He is making nineteen million dollars the next two years, twenty one million dollars in twenty twenty three. He's going to start going down the list of where he's paid. And Russell Wilson, I, I've been checking on this. I, I didn't really know all of this about him, but he's a little bit of pain in the ass behind the scenes now. We've heard some of this from his teammates uh, during losing years, the year after the Super Bowl, uh, loss to the Patriots, things like that. But guys have kind of held their water a little bit and, and haven't really spoken out against Russell. But he's a little bit of a pain in the ass when it comes to his contract. Now we're seeing it with the coaching staff. But really, I think it's about his, <laughs> about his contract. And also, he's married to Ciara. Yep. Entertainer singer they are a duo if you watch any of the pregame super bowl stuff this weekend it's insane. yeah yeah i mean they were all over it and you know what it means and what he wants to do in his stage and this and that and that's what i think it's about this is really his final act in his in his career coming up here in the next year or two because then he goes someplace else maybe he plays four or five years and now he's at 40 suddenly or what have you so I think he's looking at this as his contract. And also, I think he wants to be some sort of global name, global ambassador. And to to him, you look at the current backdrop with the NFL right now. All right, so L.A. is taken care of. You have Stafford. You have Justin Herbert. That's not going to happen. New York is open right now between the Jets and also the Giants. The Giants are one team we have not heard anything about in the offseason. Are they going to stick with Daniel Jones or are they just sort of laying in the weeds? So LA is out. The second best thing, or maybe the best thing, is New York. And if you want to make a move to go to New York, if you're Russell Wilson and Ciara, it's now. It's now or never because the Jets are either going to get a new, uh, they're going to go all in with Sam Darnold or they're going to get a new quarterback in the draft or and the, and the, and the Giants also might not... Uh, you might not have an opening for long. Somebody, they could get into Deshaun Watson or somebody else. Now, all of a sudden, L.A. and New York are closed. Then if you're Russell Wilson, what do you do if that's your goal? So I think, to me, that's where the talk, the clock is ticking, them to get to new, to a major, major market. All right, let's jump to Carson Wentz. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on Wentz. I, yep. I he looked broken last year. Uh, I have absolutely zero interest in him if I were the Patriots. Uh, you hear that the Patriots really haven't been in on the discussions. That makes me happy. Again, I, I don't want Wentz and the contract and the, the mental stuff he's gone through. And you read some stories, even going back to last year, before all this crap happened, you go back to an offseason or two ago, there were some serious questions about Wentz and his ability to be a leader and how he kind of sticks to himself. He's got a tight circle. He doesn't really uh, you know, come across well to other guys. In the locker room, you saw Miles Sanders – as soon as the Wentz stuff popped up last week, tweeting that they were going to the Super Bowl. Uh, so are you with me? Just out on Wentz, not really interested? Pretty much. But I will say this, Nick, on this. Uh, I did hear somebody from somebody from Philly today asking me if I thought Belichick would get in on Wentz if the price drops. And I said, yes, normally. 
but I think a lot of the reporting and a lot of that's out there, like you talked about the intangibles with Wentz. Yeah. I think it likely makes them out, but it would make them drive a harder bargain. I mean, I don't, I never say never to anybody with the Patriots and he certainly has a great tool set and something that you can work with. And the Patriots might say like, look, we can bring him in and be like, look, this is the way it's going to be done. And either you like it or you don't and you're gone or what have you, they restructure him. But I would say very unlikely in my opinion. All right, let's jump to Deshaun Watson. Uh, John McClain went on uh, Sports Radio 610 down in Houston this week, said, uh, you know, listen, Houston's standing firm, as we've heard. They're saying they're not going to trade him. Teams that are calling, they're saying no way, no how. We're not going to trade Deshaun. But then McClain, at the end of his comments, he did say if there was going to be a team, if there was going to be a trade, he brought up the Jets. Uh, the Jets' involvement here, Greg, also could San Francisco jump in. How do we feel about Deshaun Watson right now? What are you hearing? Yeah, I heard the general's comments, and uh, that's John McClain for those of you who don't know. Um, and I think that that Jets talk about, like, you know, if they were going to trade him, it would be to the Jets. I think that's from the team. I was told this weekend that Deshaun's people are telling, uh, you know, teams around the league that he does not want to go to the Jets. Huh. Um so that's what I've been told. I'm sure I'm sure when it comes to the Texans, they look at the package that the Jets could offer in terms right. of picks and players, and they're like, that's the optimal. That if we we're gonna do it, let's do it there. Right. So does Casario well, I mean, Casario's got to do what's in the best interest of the team. I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't deal with the tech uh, with the Jets, but um is he is he really gonna do his first major move with the Texans is to give the Jets a franchise quarterback in the in his former team's division. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much Bill would like that, even though I don't think it's a factor, but it's funny to think about. So I I don't believe the Jets talk. Um I do think I would look out for the 49ers. Um and yeah, that shakes Jimmy loose. The the the, the, the chatter I hear is watch watch the 49ers on Deshaun Watson. If if Watson went to the 49ers, poof. With Shanahan's scheme, yeah. with that defense, that's a that's a scary football team. Uh, before we get to the Patriots stuff and a couple of guys you're kind of eyeing for the Pats right now, uh, let's finish up with the rest of the league at the quarterback position with Vegas. It uh, seems like Vegas every single year they're going to be involved with quarterback talk because Chuck yep. John Gruden loves himself, as we know, loves himself some quarterbacks. The old saying is, you know, Gruden's favorite quarterback is the next quarterback. Uh, so we're hearing this stuff about Carr. I know that uh, David, Derek Carr's brother, came out this week. He said, listen, there were four offers for Derek, and Vegas shot them all down. Uh, I would love to know what those offers were, mm -hmm. the details behind those. But what do you make of the situation? Because it looks like they're going to have to make a decision, Greg, between Carr and Mariota. And where does that kind of lead us to – the Patriots, does do the Patriots try to get in on Mariota? Is Mariota the odd man out? Do they stick with Carr in Vegas? All of it's kind of interesting and compelling to watch play out. Yeah, what? No Mike Glennon talk? Knock on wood if you wouldn't. <laughs> you know, my producer, uh, my producer down here, his first cousin is Mike Glennon. They're very tight. Really? Yeah. I love how I love how Gruden pronounces it. Glennon. Glennon. Look at that guy's neck. Look at his neck. Look at his neck. Uh, so, uh... Yeah, the Raiders stuff is interesting because, uh, as listeners here know, I've been saying for months that I think it's it's Derek Carr who's going to become who's going to come loose in yeah. in Vegas. Just because I I don't know how John Gruden 
continues to watch his film and the plays that he crafts and watch Derek Carr just pass up great options because he doesn't have the guts or didn't see it coming. And look, Mariota has his warts as well, but I thought what he showed in his playing time last year, it had to excite Gruden about what he could do. And also Gruden loves the, you know, the boots and stuff like that. And I think he's better at it than Carr. Uh, I still think, I think all of this is trying to ramp up a, uh, a market for Carr. Um, I think his brother's involved in that and maybe they want to direct him to a certain place. I don't know what place that is, but um, whenever I hear these things, I always look for the angle and I think that's the angle. I just think, look, you have, you have Mariota for 10 million for next year. Cars like, you know, 20 something million, both can be cut at any time. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that car gives you that much more and why not, you know, you deal car, you can move up in the draft and get somebody if you want. So I think, I think that's the angle for the Raiders. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. All right. We'll see who the Raiders are ready to bet on for 2021. Speaking of betting, before we get to the Patriots, tell us about betonline.ag, Greg. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over sadness. No. I, I can hear I can hear I cattle's just weeping Sundays at night. Football hurt. Saturdays without football hurt. Weekends without football hurt. Yes. But the NBA, I mean the Celtics, I mean, how can you not tune into them? I know you're gonna, you're gonna be like, Ugh. uh NBA, college basketball, Rutgers, baby. They lost the other night, but we're back in the top twenty five. And the NHL are in full swing. Bruins, another overtime victory last night. How about that play by McAvoy to set up Marshy's winner? Oof. That was that was sick. And as the father of a very young defenseman, that was pretty awesome. I I especially like Tuca skating off with a minute left, thinking that he was down <laughs> by a goal, thinking that he was going to come up. And no joke, I put this on Twitter. No joke, about thirty seconds earlier when the Bruins had the puck in the Rangers' end. Yeah, I'm watching with the wife and the kids, and I was like, pull the goalie, and they're all like. You're an idiot. It's two to two, you moron. And then all of a sudden, Tuka skated off. So we're both idiots. Anyways, Bet uh, Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. Reality TV. I got to see if they got any real housewives betting going on. I, I got I got some thoughts there. Real time updated odds, props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use the code CLNS50. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. CLNS50, of course. All right, yeah. so the Patriots, who are you looking at? I mean, we're looking at all these quarterbacks, Greg. We're trying to figure out who the Patriots might have a shot at, who they might like the most. I see a couple of names that you have down. I'm not excited about either of them but you've got uh, you've got Minshew and Kyle Allen talk about it yeah well I mean Minshew's a guy and I broke him down last year at one point uh during the height of Minshew mania and uh I'm a believer I mean I I and I think he's the, he has the type of skill set he's got a quick release he's got a quick mind he's gutsy he's guys follow him he's sort of like a swat a swashbuckler type quarterback you know yeah you need to rein him in a little bit but that's what coaching does uh I think he'd be a really good guy to fit here wouldn't break the bank he'd be part of a competitive situation how right. you know what you will um with maybe somebody like a Cal a Kyle Allen from Washington this is a guy that uh people probably heard me say before the Patriots tried to trade for with Carolina last year 
when they had an opening to be part of a competitive situation. Uh, Washington stepped up their offer. Ron Rivera, his former coach there, that just tells you, you know, as soon as Ron Rivera gets to Washington, he's like, I want Kyle Allen. A lot of people think a lot of him uh, as sort of uh, the next guy who's going to pop, who doesn't have much of a name. So those are a couple eyes, uh, names to keep an eye on. But look, I'm still, I'm still team Jimmy. I think he's, uh, he's the best of both worlds in terms of trade, how much trade compensation, his contract, his fit, it, you know, everything. Yeah, sure. The injury stuff scares you to death and you got to have a better plan behind him and you got to be ready. And maybe that's a Minshew. Maybe that's a Kyle Allen. Um, but that's the way I see it shaping up right now. Yeah, I don't mind Jimmy G as long as you have somebody, as you said, behind yep. him. I don't mind Jimmy G if you draft a young guy and say he could be the future. I don't even mind a Jimmy G if you do go out there and grab a Gardner Minshew and try to work him in. I just think going into a season saying Jimmy G is going to be the guy now and maybe for the next five, six years, that's an iffy proposition to me. I want some security behind Garoppolo because he's proven that he just can't stay healthy so far. Now, maybe that'll turn around. You mentioned before on this podcast that guys have been injured before and yep. seen as injury prone, and then it kind of turns around for him. So maybe that's what happens. But I'm just I'm I'm not a big believer in saying we're going to put all the eggs in the Jimmy G basket. I, I think that's uh, you know a, a little bit concerning. Uh, let's jump to the BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. Check them out over at BSJ. Eleven cents a day on their annual plan. Top notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports, and also of course you patch junkies out there. You're listening to this podcast. You are a membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis. Bardard does on the coaches' film and direct access to him in weekly chats. What question do we have this week, Greg Bedard? So uh, Phoenix1214 asks. Phoenix 1214. <laughs> Blue, 42, 1214. <laughs> right. uh, given that Brady just won ring number seven, and BB will will move quickly to answer, well, we think. I don't know, I, he's stating that as fact. Is there a date before the draft you see the Patriots' intentions becoming clear? That's sort of the first part. Um I've been trying to get an answer on this, but the I will say this. No one's being specific with what I've discussed with them, but the feeling I get is that they are the plan is going to become clear sooner rather than later with the Patriots. That they are going to make a move that's going to be like, "Oh, I see now." And then you start to fit other pieces. So, hopefully, I would say Maybe around like March one, I think I think they want to get a jump on things. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, if BB doesn't land a mid-range starting quarterback and then makes a move for a third-tier starter, Allen Mariota, third tier, really? Those guys? Well, Allen would be Mariota. I'd say second tier. Is there another scenario uh, you see where we don't end up in the same place as last season with an offense that needs weapons and leadership, and both are still missing? This is the crux of one that I wanted to get to real quick. Um, Look, anytime you you succeed or fail in anything, and especially in the NFL, and this goes for me as a writer and my predictions and stuff like that, you have data. You now learn lessons. And, Nick, I think the Patriots learned a valuable lesson last year in terms of what they need at the quarterback position. I think they were a little bit blind um, thinking that just about any quarterback, as long as they have leadership, they can make it work in their system. I think what they figured out with Cam Newton 
um, was that he certainly had the leadership component, but they need certain things. You need a quick release. You need to be able to see the entirety of the field. You need to be able to get in and out of, uh, you know, good and bad plays for this offense. And Nick, I, I don't think people comprehend. They never got even close to those places yeah. with this team. And it just, it really limited what they could do. It limited what the coordinators could do. And so, Yes, as long as they get a guy, you get a guy like Kyle Allen or Gardner Minshew, if you evaluate them as a, as a guy who can win before the snap and who could throw with anticipation and uh, and and is good under pressure, then all they're they're already ahead of the game on where they were last year and they were seven and nine. So, yeah, I think that even if they go mid range, I think it can be can be better as long as they stick true to what they need in their system. And also remember financially, if they go mid-range, middle tier, third tier, whatever you want to say, you bring in somebody like Minshew, he's not going to cost you a lot of money. And in theory, that means the Patriots could then spend a bunch of money on skill position players. Yep. So now you have a quarterback who can run your system better and arguably you have a lot better options at wide receiver or tight end. So I think it's all part of this big puzzle that Belichick's trying to put together. And the one thing I will say before we wrap it up, Belichick's watching, he's listening, he's reading, he knows what people are saying, and he understands that all of a sudden the Tom Brady stuff, listen, I love Brady, and he deserves a lot of credit, but the Brady stuff's getting a little out of control. And now people are rewriting history about what happened in New England, mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden Brady is you know, 90% responsible for what yeah. happened with the Patriots. And that's going to go up to Kuzang a little bit. You know, he's mm -hmm. going to be a little angry about that. And he should be because it's not 90-10, okay? If you want to split it 50-50, fine. But don't tell me Tom Brady was 90% responsible for what happened over 20 years in New England and Belichick was just sitting there and, and reaping all of the rewards. That's outrageous. So yep. I do think Belichick is really motivated. And if they do get one of those middle-tier, cheaper quarterbacks, I do think Belichick will in turn spend a lot of money on the skill positions and yep. say, we're going to load up. Uh, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, Nick Cattles in the books. Subscribe, rate, and review. Everybody have a great weekend. Be good, be safe, be healthy. We're back early next week with all, all of the information that we learn and all of the rumors that we see regarding the Patriots. Till then, be good.